listening to The New Paris. For generations, musicians of all stripes have flocked to Paris to pursue their craft and perform for curious and engaged audiences. Today's guests have been working in music and performing all over the country and beyond for over 12 years, and together they form Singing Earth Divine, a 100-member gospel-inspired choir. As a part of the group gears up to perform at Carnegie Hall this month and May 24th at the Église de la Madeleine in Paris, I wanted to get the backstory from its founders and lead artists, Crystal Petit and Joua Amir. Guys, thanks for joining. Thank thanks for having you. us. Thank you for having us. So I've... I'm going to let you in on a little secret. My dream was always to be a singer, but uh. that usually stayed in my bedroom. <laughs> so when I saw you both perform, now this was almost two years this ago now. probably almost three years ago, I'd say. Okay, that's terrifying. Uh, <laughs> and, and you performed at the Iglesia American. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was all jazz slash gospel slash there's some pop. There's some yeah. It was a Motown, mix. right? It Motown was like a was retrospective word, yeah. of American song and dance. And yeah. I brought my husband, and we were just sitting there in the first row or second row, going, <laughs> "Oh my god!" Like oh. this is what I would have like when I was a kid. That's what oh. I wanted to do, you know. So <laughs> it's really interesting to meet people who are doing this for a living. So mm. I wanted to get the backstory. Did you both move here to sing and perform? Did that actually come later? What's the... Well, uh, that's a long and complicated story. (laughs) 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 Um, Basically, uh, we both came here differently. Um, I mean, I'll let Crystal speak for herself. I came here, uh, I was doing The Lion King on Broadway. They asked me if I wanted (gasps) to do it in France. And I said, yes, why not? Did that for three years. Ended up staying. Um, I did some more musical theater, did a couple of TV shows, and uh, ended up doing some coaching for some of France's superstars. Uh, That's where I met Crystal, in in and amongst all of those things at the same time. Uh, yeah, and that was in 2007 when I came. Oh my gosh! Wow! And you were you were on The Voice too, weren't you? I was. I <laughs> did was a little googling. Oh, no. <laughs> but I mean, that's very interesting. Also, just because at one point, you know, people are like, "Oh, if you have any, you know, visions of singing, you should mm. apply for one of those competitions." But it feels like no joke uh, and really intimidating. It's very intimidating, and it's um, it's a TV show, so yeah. there's a big difference between being a singer and being a contestant on a TV show for singing. Right. right. Which I learned right. the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, yeah. joke's on them because you've been on Broadway and they have not. Okay. So, no. <laughs> you know, like, mm, exactly. You don't actually, I mean, whatever. No, it has no, a, it I has its place mean. in entertainment, but it does. And it also has a place inside of the evolution of an artist because at one point or another, you got to look, uh, you got to look right in the face at what you are doing and why are you doing it? Are you trying to be famous right. or are you trying to sing songs and change the atmosphere and put positive vibrations? Those two are not necessarily the mem, the, the mem shows. Wow. La mem shows. So I love then it. it begins. Then it begins. Franglais. We do that all the but time. So, so it seems like you, you're you in it for the latter reason, of course. Definitely, definitely. Definitely. Okay. So Lion King brought you over, Crystal. Different story. Different story. Um, well, I had studied abroad in Dijon in 98. Um, met my husband. He was obviously not my husband back then. Um, I had auditioned to be in the school band. Loved it. Went back to school to Atlanta. Um, I was on track to work for Wall Street, work on Wall Street, which I did for a while and hated it. And um, <laughs> had a sort of agreement with my parents. Um, you get your degree, you do whatever the hell you want. And so 
while working on Wall Street in my suit with my slick back hair, <laughs> every day yeah. I would walk to, what was it, TR, TRL Live? TRL Live. Oh, exactly. God. It was oh, pure it. torture. It was pure torture because I had my boss that was like, you don't really need to leave. You know, we can have people order you stuff. You can just sit in the office all day. But I was like, no, I want to go get some fresh air. So I would eat my little sandwich, you know, have my driver that was just watching me like, are you, Mrs. Donahue, do you, you know, oh, your I'm name? Um, do you need a ride back to XYZ? Yeah. You know, saying who it was. And I just, I don't know, I would just watch and I was just like, oh my God, I really want to do that. I come from a family of musicians and singers, gospel musicians, and they had some not so great experiences with some things. And they were like, don't do that. You're too smart to sing, whatever that means. (gasps) So I finished my degree. My cousin Stacy signed me up for a show called Pop Stars. (laughs) <laughs> the first pop stars. No. And so I just kind of went very nonchalant, like, yeah, whatever. So I went, I sang, and they were like, oh, okay, well, you know, keep in touch. We might be calling you. Came back to uh, like two days later, and then I just kept going further and further. Got called to L.A., um, stayed out there for a month, and made it into the top ten. And at that point, girls. you left your job. At that point, I, well, it was like a summer break, okay. and I had put it on pause, and I just never went back. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, who knows all about that? And at the same time, I was just kind of lost because I just felt a calling towards music. But at the same time, I really loved, I loved business. I loved, I was actually going to go to Harvard Law because I got a full ride as well. And so I had all these things on on, on the table waiting for me. And so then I got... Very far in pop stars, loved it, you know, got to work with all these amazing coaches that had worked with Michael Jackson, Celine Dion, Whitney Houston, and they gave me feedback. And I was this 21 year old, like, oh, my God, this is what I really want to do. And so then I applied for a Fulbright to teach English in Chateauroux and I got it. So I was like, this is a stalling mechanism. So I went there and met back up with my husband. Right. We were making music, music on the side. And then I had a visa for six months. And basically, six months became almost 20 years. I just never went back. Unbelievable. So, you know, yeah, it's a little bit of it's, a crazy... It's, well, it's more of a unique... Both of your stories are more unique than what we're used to hearing. Yeah. Just because, you know, you hear about the writers and the people who get sent over with jobs or yeah. whatever. But music is a totally different arena. That's true. Yeah. And perform, you know, any kind of performing arts. Yeah. Do you think that... Um, you know, historically, we think of Paris as being this welcome, welcome and, and very curious, um, well, a place with curious fans of music and arts and film in general. Do you do you think it's still that kind of welcoming hub for people who are trying to do different things in music, maybe for the, you know, the American musicians specifically? Mm-hmm. Paris is a very interesting place musically and artistically. I do think that after the, the world wars, <clears throat> there was... There were a lot of mm, American artists in particular that came to France because they were experiencing a freedom, but it was more of a like social freedom. There was less um, of a flagrant racism. Right. Um, they had the impression to be able to do what they wanted to do without being you know, judged um, by social mores, maybe. Today, there is a lot of, of diversity. There are a lot of interesting things that are happening in Paris now. And with the Internet, actually, the whole world just got closer. Right. On the other hand, if I'm going to be completely honest, I'm just speaking for me. One of the reasons why we started singing of Divine the Choir was because we noticed that in France, there's a little bit of a particular relationship with art. You know, the monarchy and then the church was controlling it. So basically, you have this collective consciousness of people. This is just a sweeping generalization where you have people who are kind of waiting to applaud like waiting to see if it's okay to say that they appreciated this art. And ah. maybe, you see what I mean? <clears throat> and maybe even going further in the artists, 
you have a little bit of the same thing that can produce itself. Um, so there is a lot of diversity in France, There's lot, especially in Paris. I do think there are a lot of international musicians. There are a ton. And at the same time, there is not actually that much new creativity. Exactly. Interesting. I, I agree completely with what he said. And it's funny, like the reason um, Dawn's Early Light came to be, now known as Light, um, the musical that Asha Thomas and I created... Yeah. It's because we were just tired of everybody calling us to be coaches for this particular thing, you know, or advisors for this and not hiring us to be in those shows. And why weren't they? Because you, you're not the, you don't have this, you know, the baggage of, of being a French, you know, being no reared idea. in that environment. These were American styled shows. These were shows that were that were <laughs> without naming those right, shows. Right, right. I can already guess. <laughs> there are a ton of them. And at a certain point in time, I was like. F this mess, you know, this is yeah. crazy. You know, you call, yes, it's, it's work. It's cool. You're calling me. They're like, oh, you're a reference or you, 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 this is your domain or whatever. And I'm like, okay, I actually want to sing in this, you know, or this person is singing that they sound horrible or the accent is shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, there are a ton right. of things. And so we just put this together, the retrospective, and then we just went from there. And I also created, um, American artists in Paris, IPE, um, that just, brought together many different artists, American artists in Paris. So dancers, singers, actors, writers, um, Jill, who is, who's like the Google of, of Paris. She's been here since the seventies. She's done everything from manage acts to open up her own brasserie. Like she knows everybody wow. she's from New York. And, um, you know, it was just a place to get together to talk about projects, talk about um, concerns, talk about n developments and things like that, because, you know, we were solicited for certain things, but not for other things. So, right. So, Afterwards, there is something, it, it, you know, um, I, I think back to that, um, <clears throat> that, that song. It's like, one of these things is black, the other one of these things is not the same. And this was, I promise you, the song that was going through my head every time that I would audition for a show. And it's not, uh, it's not for example, if you have an American singer and you're singing American songs um, and you have a whole group of French people doing the same thing, there's going to be a sonic difference. Right, of and course. A difference in the facilitation. And a lot of times, this is the reason why Crystal and I were not being hired. It's not because we were not good enough, and it wasn't because we were too good. It's just because um, for the spirit of a troupe, which is also something that um, is privileged here in France a lot, um, and, uh, the star of the show is actually the show. And not, okay. And you see what I mean? The and star the is the ensemble. Exactly. It's a little bit like in French society. You know, you integrate into, in, in order to... Universalist. <laughs> exactly. Yes, there exactly. you go. But to the detriment of talent like yours that isn't getting... It can be. It's it, spotlight. It can be, yeah. Which is why we created our own thing. Well, exactly. so, that's what, so that's that leads me to the very next thing. Um, you know, what do you hope to do with this, this gospel? So it's 100 people... Mm -hmm. In when you go to Carnegie Hall, you're you're going as a group of about seventy, I think right. you said, mm -hmm. right? Okay, so you're performing. How many act, you know? How many songs are you performing? What is that going to look like? And can people get tickets to the New York show right now? <clears throat> I think it's sold out. It's actually, re if it's not sold out, it's really close to being sold out. But people can get tickets for, for Paris. The, yes. Okay. Definitely. All right. May twenty fourth. May twenty fourth at eight p.m. Um, well, for the show, the Carnegie show, that will be under the the direction of Christopher Tin. Um, it's a show called Calling All Dawns. It's it's a slightly different thing. Um, we will be part. Well, our choir will be part of a two hundred and fifty world choir. 
um, event. It's a concert where he's, we're going to do his particular piece called Calling All Dawns. Okay. 12 songs, I believe, in 12 different languages, everything from Japanese to Maori to Sanskrit to, <laughs> to just, uh, I don't even know all the languages. It's a ton. And it's just a voyage of, of emotions, of different things. And you're going to find um, uh, excerpt of that in uh, the Madeline show. Okay. So we're not doing the full show that we're doing in Carnegie because the Madeline show, it's, it's called Elements and it has some of our original material, material in it as well. And it also combines those who were there on Tuesdays, um, not just those who are going on a New York trip. So it'll be the full so hundred you, person. So you meet every Tuesday? Every Tuesday at the American Cathedral in Paris for and the five, past five years. Oh my gosh! I don't think I realized it's been that long. Yeah, I don't think we did. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it goes by fast. It goes by quickly. <laughs> and true. so, is this the first time you guys, as a collective, are performing, or was the gospel, or was the choir just you know something like uh, you know a community get together, but without any necessary you know like not necessarily concerts, any recitals exactly. or concerts or well, initially it wasn't this at all. It wasn't the way it is today, meaning we had no idea it was going to grow to be this big. We had no idea we were going to do this every Tuesday at the amazing uh, American Cathedral. We sat down. I believe he was house-sitting at this wonderful, beautiful place. The the, the story. (laughs) (laughs) The story is a long one. Uh, Again, again, it's like a long story. (laughs) It's not really long, but the choir was created to be an opportunity for the Parisian community to, first of all, get together. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, In Paris, Crystal and I, independently before we started talking about Singer of Divine, noticed that there was this thing around the word community in France. Hmm. It's like you say community, everyone thinks you're talking about a sect. Yep. And communitarism. Right. Exactly. (laughs) On the other hand, the the point of community has nothing to do with being in a sect. It's just Webster, a group of people sitting in the same place, doing the same thing together. And... um, the choir, we looked at it as a manifestation of this community right. and an opportunity for them to get together and express themselves mm-hmm. and um, experience the well-being that comes about by singing. Yeah, uh, healing through singing as well. Completely. Especially in times like these. Exactly. Right? Especially. Not exactly. just for the human being, for the atmosphere. It's like, you know, we... We, I mean, I don't, don't want to sound crazy, but we've we've seen some crazy things. Like sometimes we go and sing someplace, and it'll be raining. And when we end the song, wait for it, the sun comes out. <laughs> I'm serious. Or like we'll go someplace and sing, and we'll just be about to start to sing. This happened to us in Israel like five times. And as soon as we're about to start to sing, the prayer goes. And so, mm-hmm. so whatever. That's just the, 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 that's just some of this crazy stuff in my head. But we did make this choir to allow the Parisian community an opportunity to get together without fear of being part of something weird and just learning to express themselves through songs. So there are a lot of French people in the group. It's mostly French. Mostly. It's mostly French. There are people there, you know, who are bilingual or bicultural as well, but it's mostly French. We've had a few Americans come in, a few English um, people come in, but mostly French. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I wanted to add is that our choir is open to all. Mm -hmm. We say gospel, but it's, it's, it's gospel because of our roots, if you will, sure. but we have everyone under the sun in there, all ages. We all even religions. had, exactly, and non-religions. We have everything, because we do, we've, we've changed over five years. Initially, we were doing um, traditional gospel or Negro spirituals and just mostly in that then, uh-huh. but now we've got a little bit of that. We've got 
Broadway because we love Broadway. Broadway. Well, that's, yeah, that's your, (laughs) where you come from. Exactly. We've got 80s stuff because I'm such an 80s girl. So we've got like rhythm of your, of the, we changed it, rhythm of your life. DeMarge will be mad. (laughs) His son actually um, tweeted us and said it was okay. Right. (laughs) No way. Right. So we've got original compositions. We've got everything. You know, if it sounds good, if it speaks to us, if it feels good and like a a good fit, then we try to, you know, incorporate it into our repertoire. And Um, and it's, it's open to everybody. There are no auditions. Mm. you know but where I can get up and make my own schedule do mm-hmm. what I want enjoy what I'm doing be happy you know I'm 40 going on 41 I want to look back and, and just even a few years and be like this is this is not work work right you know this feels good this is a right fit I want to show my kids my twins you know that you can do something that you love um, and make a living from it um, I actually bring them with me when I can and, and with Uncle Jua as well. <laughs> so they've co- come to many workshops, at, you know, like uh, atelier and stuff like that. Um, I just, you know, we're on this earth, at least in this life, for a, a small amount of time. And I just want to make it count. So that's where I want it to lead. And how often are you on the road with other performers? Um, less because before I used to be on the road all the time, like, I don't know, half of the month, especially when I went on with tour with uh, Saudu. He was the coach at the time for Saudu and I was on tour. Like it was just nonstop. Um, but now I try to make it so it's most of a, mostly a weekend thing okay. or, or maybe three, four times max a month. And that's like there and back 24 hours. Now I am going to New York (laughs) and then when I get back, I'm going to Ken. And then when I get back, like the the month of June is crazy for me every year. The month of of events, lots of festivals, lots of concerts, you know, lots of press stuff. (laughs) What's happening in Bali? We're going to do our first first singing earth divine workshop. (gasps) So I'm just putting it out there right now because to get her on a plane to go that far. It takes a lot. (laughs) Before you couldn't get, get, get me off the plane, but now, yeah, you've got other priorities and you've got a family and exactly. So So you are, you're thinking long term to get, you know, some of these things completely on the schedule completely. And these things like sing your divine, shake crystal, dawn's early light. It's all the same for me. It's all the same family. It's always the same people for a reason. Um, and it's just, it's just one big thing. It's all the same thing for me. I don't really know how to separate them. Um, it allows me to say no to other things that I really don't want to do or sure. I don't have time for that <laughs> anymore. You know what I mean? Like I, like back in the day when I was a quote unquote struggling artist. Now I have more of that freedom. And um, yeah, so that's the direction I want to keep going into. I want to grow Shea Crystal. I want to do a ton more with Singing Earth Divine and, and with Asha, who is phenomenal as well. Um, yeah, it's just all part of the same family. The, th- the thing is, it's really interesting what's what's happening like artistically and humanly. Are the two worlds are definitely coming together. And it's funny because in Paris, there's a definitely there's. There's a distinct social social position to the artist, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you're an artist. Oh, da, 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 da. But in America, the artist and the human being are just kind of the same guy. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, that's Beyonce from down the block. Or Jenny <laughs> from the block. You know what I mean? And it's so interesting because here in Paris, we are witnessing with our own eyes the something so beautiful. And it's like the new canvas of the artist is actually the human community. And it's like, whereas before it was all about taking your microphone and looking, tell me which camera to go to and, and how can I sing this song for you? It's like, and if we sung this together, like what actually happens to humanity, not just in the concert, but like when you go home from the concert, when you think about the concert three months ago, what happens inside of your energy and inside of your heart and therefore inside of the human family? This is what's really, really interesting about what we're doing to us. Well, you know, it, it makes me think, I mean, very different 
genre and type of performance but you know Michelle Obama was just in Paris yes. and did you go? We, we had, had rehearsal. rehearsal! Oh no! Half of our choir was there. We were like damn it! Oh. We were getting playbys. I wasn't even listening I know. to the choir. I, know. I basically I was, I was there and I was filming the whole thing like uh. what am I going to do with this? Anyway but you know what was interesting is to be in a room with you know, a, there were ob- obviously there were Anglophones who were there who, you know, were like, yes, I'm booking this one, you know, right yeah. away. But there were all these French people. And I'm just wondering if they're, you know, if they're t- t- soaking in that message, because, you know, like what you're describing, I think there's been a reluctance and a distance that the French, or at least if we're speaking about Paris, they've, they've put between these kinds of mm-hmm. this kind of openness and, mm-hmm. you know, this um I, I don't want to say it's not radical, but, you know, it's it's definitely moving away from structure yes and from the you know the universalist type of approach to doing things in general and so again not the same what she's talking about is not music but there there was this sort of captivated quality Mm -hmm. among Mm -hmm. the audience and maybe that it sounds like a little bit what you're describing that people are starting to open themselves up to this it's it's exactly it's exactly it's exactly that because the music that she's talking about is the music that we all hear inside of the the collective consciousness there's something that is speaking to us all that says hey what we're living now this is not how it's supposed to be and all Mm -hmm. this frustration that you're feeling and all of this 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 lack of well-being that is fixable by something that starts on the inside of you and it only gets stronger if you do it with other people, you know? So it's not communitarism. No. It's just being part of a community that's in like the bad it. way. I know. But this is, this, this is for another episode. That's, yeah, that's a really heavy topic. Yeah. Yes, um, yes, yes. If there's something you'd like to see develop in Paris for the music community or the performing arts, what would that be? Mm, per- no, go ahead. Mm, personally, I would like to see more of the French artists who are established and who have a platform, I would like to see them not give back to the community, but I would like to see them actually in the community. I would like to see them organize things for their community because they would come outside of the concerts that you make your money off of, et cetera, et cetera. Is there a way for the artists who are inside of the public eye and the structures that support them to do something inside of Monsieur et Madame to Le Monde's neighborhood right. that they can appreciate, you know, without going to Bercy or something like that. Yeah. Right. So create less of a distance between the public and the... And more insertive behaviors, more more opportunity for for them to step up as leaders because you're on TV. So guess what? Everybody's looking at you. So that makes you a little bit of a but, leader. But do you think that uh, American artists do that? I think that American artists have a... It's a little bit different. First of all, I think that a, a lot of American artists do that on the down low. Since mm. forever. Okay. Um, it's not necessarily publicized. No, it, it mm. normally isn't. Like, you know, yeah. you look at Jay-Z and Beyonce, or Beyonce who's given back like millions and millions of dollars to the community in Houston. Jay-Z who's given millions of dollars to the community in Brooklyn. Um, nobody talks about it because it's just normal. Because in America, when we started that country, if you didn't have your neighbor, you didn't live past the winter. Right. Right. So. Right. We're talking about two different histories. Yeah. And, and approaches. Yeah. And what about you? Well, as you know, you know, I would love to have my own version of fame of a school here. Um, Debbie oh, my I, God. <laughs> oh, I, I, yeah, that's a little bit of a running joke. I have worked with so many artists in the studio where I. They come in and they have these French artists and they are on TV and they're selling albums and they don't want to do the work. And they're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Or we've had to kind of truquer like their voices to make them sound good because they don't want to put in the 
the damn work. You know what I mean? So I want to go into different neighborhoods and pluck out the amazing shining stars, you know, put them in different different classes with us because I've already got the teachers in mind and and just just you know work on them and get them to where I know they could be if they had the right tools the right people in front of them so because sounds I, like it's possible though to do that no yeah are you like in the midst of doing that is that what you're saying <laughs> I'm not saying anything <laughs> episode two with you will be the, the scoop okay I mean so yeah step by step. that yeah. sounds like you know there are agents for everything, right? And it sounds yeah. like you'd be basically a talent scout, right? Version of plus molding, yeah. plus yeah. you know everything that comes with fame. Yeah, exactly. And I'd be very, very hard on them. I mean, I, I don't give that appearance, but the choir knows. The choir already knows. <laughs> the choir, the choir is already the, the little, the mini school. Yeah. <laughs> but you have that as a training ground, yes. which is really interesting. Yes. My gosh. So I guess you don't have time to take on any uh, vocal lessons with with individuals like like moi. No, but you can, you are invited to the choir. The choir people don't think about it, but it's a vocal class for two hours, and it's a vocal class without stress. So you get to like really let go and see what you got on the inside. But are you showing people how to sing from their diaphragm? Because that's still my problem. Um, uh, <laughs> Separate. Oh, no, we can have a, we can have a chat. About, we can have a chat about that on the side. No, but it's very interesting. I'm now you know. You know what? I'll is, tell you one thing. Yeah. No one ever told a baby how to scream yes. so perfectly, mm-hmm. but they are born with a perfect vocal technique. They sure are. <laughs> Speaking from experience. <laughs> Two of them. Okay. Which means that perhaps um, the technique that we learn are really just to remember the things that we came in with that we blocked. You know what I mean? Oh, man. what a, I love that as a little anecdote to end with this yeah. is this is okay now i want to sing yeah <laughs> so you're gonna probably see me on a tuesday very soon but it sounds like it might have to be after you guys are you know finished with your con- your your performances so what is the exact date of the carnegie hall show that's june 9th at, oh it's in june it's in june and that's okay. 2 p.m june 9th at carnegie hall in june 9th so before that you've got may 24th, may 24th in paris in paris and otherwise if people are coming through they can stop by on tuesdays they can at, come and say hello the at what time cathedral in paris at nine uh at no 7 30 1930 <laughs> i know i do that all the time okay so 7 30 and where yes. can they follow you where can people follow you they online? can follow us on facebook and Instagram and I believe Twitter under Singing Earth Divine and okay. Jua Amir and Crystal Petit. All right. Well, everybody listening, you're going to find those links in the show notes. And until then, we're going to leave you with, a, with another clip of the rehearsal, one of their last rehearsals yep. for their show. And in the meantime, take a listen back to all of our previous episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher and World Radio Paris. A bientôt. Yeah.